Welcome to the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is a Soto Zen Sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us. Lovely. Welcome, everyone. Can you hear okay? We begin uh, a series now on Genjo Koan, Master Dogen's Genjo Koan, uh, that will continue for the coming uh, months. And uh, the last time I did this was, uh, I think, 10 or 11 years ago. And I went back and listened to some of it. And I have to say, I'm a stubborn old coot because my opinion of Genjo Koan hasn't much changed after all these years, which I guess is a good thing. I'm pretty confident in what I was saying at that time. But the approach I'm going to take today is a little different. Um, so you may still want to listen to those old talks at uh, some point if they're helpful to you. What was Genjo Koan? Well, First off, I want to say that Genjo Koan was Master Dogen's answer to resolve all the problems in the world and in your life and in everyone's life. And I mean that sincerely. And I also mean that if you understand what he said, he succeeds. Or the Buddha succeeds or Master Dogen's understanding of the Buddha really is a medicine for all that ails us, everything, except it's not. And that's part of the beauty of this, except it is a total cure, except it's not. And yet it is. And the meaning of what I just said, I hope, becomes clearer by the time we're finished today. But I guarantee you this is powerful medicine. And the reason it's powerful medicine is um, that uh, Dogen wrote this, I believe, to someone who was suffering. We know it was written to one of his lay students a fellow named Mr. Yo from Kyushu Island. That's one of the islands of Japan. And we don't know a lot about Mr. Yo, but unsurprisingly, he was a rather educated fellow, if he was even going to have a chance of understanding what Dogen was talking about. So probably he was a government official, a scholar, some someone with some education, who was... Um, one of Master Dogen's students at a distance. Now, Master Dogen did not have this wonderful technology that we have here where I can look at you in China Ross and folks in the States and folks in Spain. Master Dogen had to write a letter to Mr. Yo of Kyushu Island, which is very far from where Master Dogen was living, even if he was just living on the next island in Japan, Honshu. I assume they met in person sometimes, but not 
all the time like we can do. So this letter had to suffice. And I have a feeling, looking at the letter, and I haven't seen this opinion expressed very much by the other scholars, uh, the, other, the, the, the real scholars, I should say, who have looked at uh, Genjo Koan, like Shoaku Okamura and such. But I get the feeling, looking at the tone of the letter, that it was written to Mr. Yo because Mr. Yo had lost someone. Someone had died in Mr. Yo's life, a family member, perhaps. The reason I believe that is because the theme of Genjo Koan actually does touch on suffering and mentions death many times. And uh, I get a feeling that this was Master Dogen's way of trying to ease Yo's suffering. Maybe he lost a son or a spouse, something like that. And I think Master Dogen, in a way, failed miserably. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Master Dogen left us a beautiful piece of literature here. But I wonder what Mr. Yo thought when he got this. I mean, it's not like he could get on the phone and call Dogen and said, Oh, Dogen, thanks for the letter, but what the heck does this mean <laughs> exactly? <laughs> and he couldn't go to YouTube and watch one of Jundo's talks explaining it all, and he couldn't buy Okamura, Okamura Roshi's wonderful book. So I wonder, <laughs> because it hadn't been written yet for, you know, another 800 years, but uh, I wonder what Mr. Yo actually thought. It's not easy, this, as is true for many of Dogen's writings. And if Mr. Yo was actually suffering, having lost a wife or a son, I wonder if um, this was the usual response that he was expecting from someone. But I'll tell you one thing. When Master Dogen wrote this, I guarantee you, he was truly trying to ease with all his heart Mr. Yo's suffering. And as best he could, he was setting out what he thought, what he knew would do that. In his quirky writing style, by the way, it wasn't just Dogen. I've been reading some other Chinese teachers. Zen guys are not so good at saying straight things straight sometimes, you know. We like our poetic allusions and our non sequitur expressions and our poetic references to old stories and you know can't can't just say it straight that's where i come in and that's why i'm a terrible zen teacher people go that dog that jundo guy just says it too direct where's all the the mystery and illusion sorry that's my style but anyway i hope you see it when we get through this that master dogen really did have a clear idea a clear feeling for what he was trying to say to solve Mr. Yo's suffering. His message was not so mysterious at all, at least to Dogen. And maybe Mr. Yo, when he received this, if he knew Dogen, got it, got, got the feeling that Dogen was trying to help. And as I said, this is truly the medicine for all our problems losing someone to death in our family? The answer is here. 
I had uh, someone in our sangha write me today. They got a bad medical diagnosis, very serious one. What could I say to them? I said, I'm so sorry. That's the answer, and I truly am. I said, a Buddhist answer. This is your karma. Master Bodhidharma said in his famous uh, writings of one principle and what is it? One principle and four doorways to the practice, one of the oldest pieces we have in Zen, that part of our practice is to accept things as they are. It's your karma, man. You're working out your karma. I could say that, and I did. I could say medical science has made amazing advances here, and I have several friends with this illness, and they've had it for decades. It's no longer a death sentence. And I meant that too. I said, I'm always here for you. And I meant that. I said, this is just the next challenge. You will face it. I meant that. But I also said, now I want you to listen to our little talk today. Because this is what Master Dogen had to say about your diagnosis. And it is a total cure. In a way, as I said at the beginning, it's a total cure, except it's not, except it is, except it's not, except it is, like that. Go on at infinitum. I, we have a little problems too. Today our big problem here in the Zendo is the barn swallows uh, for decades, you know, they, they used to nest in here, it was a barn. And the barn swallows, uh, with some uh, ancient instinct, every year about this time, fly in here, try to make a nest. Most of the time I keep the door closed, but when I open it for our Zazenkai, you know, on Saturdays, there's the barn swallows right in here, flying right over John's head. He, he, was, he was oblivious, but there was a swallow circling right over his head there. And uh, so, my deal with the barn swallows is I tell them they can have anywhere else here, just not in my Zendo. I'm sorry, I, this space, uh, they may not make a nest, but they can have my eaves of my house, they can have my garage, so I close the door. But that was, that's our big problem today. Master Dogen's Genjo Koan is the total answer for even that little problem, except it's not, except it is, except it's not. So what is the Genjo Koan? What does it mean? Well, a koan was one of those old stories that the Zen masters used to tell when they couldn't talk straight. So mysterious. People think that they don't have meaning, that they're just a conundrum, a puzzle. It's not like that. They're expressing things with poetic illusion and humor and strange grammar that uh, are hard to say straight because they have to do with our usual way of encountering this world beyond what we call common sense. This is extra common sense. And uh, one interpretation of this is that the koan is actually the question, but it's also the resolution, the answer, if you, if you really understand what the koan is saying. And most of the koans are also about exactly what Master Dogen is talking about in this essay, the resolution of this divided world, 
and all its suffering. That's what almost all the koans are about that I can think of. And Genjo means the koan that appears right here. Genjo koan, the koan that manifests right here. So the koan is not just the question, it's the answer. So it's the truth, the answer that's manifesting right here. People think that if they solve the koan, then they'll get it over there or tomorrow. But Master Dogen is saying that if your eyes are open, you can say, see this truth, this answer, this resolution to all of life's problems, the small and the the big, the most existential problems, life and death, you can see it manifesting right here. Therefore, it's the Genjo Koan. Time for a small footnote. Um, some scholars, including Okamura Roshi, have noted that um, Master Dogen, when he wrote the word Koan, used a slightly different kanji. And this has created some question. Why did there's a usual kanji for the on part of koan, and Master Dogen used a similar but slightly different one with a slightly different meaning. Was it a, like Jundo is prone to, a typo? Well, they didn't type back then, so we'll call it a brusho. Did he just brush the wrong kanji? Well, some of his uh, later students said he actually meant to use this other kanji, it doesn't really change the meaning that much. I'll explain. Sorry to go into this footnote. Just take a moment. So koan, the traditional way to write it means a public case, like a law case, a precedent. It's, it's an old story that's, that provides the truth, that solves the case, right? That's what a koan is, a public case. And those old stories of Zen masters were meant to be these old, like court precedents that we would learn from and they would resolve the issue. That's why it was a koan like that. Okay. The one Dogen means can have a slightly different meaning to cut to the chase. It means something like um, equally and fairly allowing what is, which is the good definition. They, they both work. So I don't care which one it is they, because this is also about Master Dogen's Genjo Koan is about how the universe is what it is, and our job is to flow with that, allow it. Footnote number two, I just heard a wonderful uh, interview yesterday with the uh, great Soto historian and scholar and practitioner, uh, what is her name, Sarah Arai? She writes a lot about the uh, Buddhist uh, female priests, and she has a new book, on uh, healing, she's an anthropologist actually, and she went into Japanese Soto lay communities of women to see how they deal with healing, suffering, when they have sickness in there. These are not priests, these are, you know, just parishioners, right? Village people. Uh, and when they have suffering, loss, sickness, what do they do? And they have various rituals that are not strictly the kind of shall we say, high Buddhism that Master Dogen would, they're, they're healing rituals. A lot of the same Soto Zen wisdom is in there. A lot of it has to do with coming together, allowing what is, letting the universe do its thing. So you see, this has a most practical side to it too. Anyway, let's get into this. 
What's different from uh, my series on Genjo Koan 11 years ago is I'm using my own translations. Because I, yes, I wrote a, oh, Bjorn just happens to have the book there. This is not a plug, but it's available at all your local usual booksellers. Uh, Master Dogen's, right? The Zen Master's Dance, a guide to Master Dogen and who you are in the universe. Okay. Now, um, what I tried to do with that little book is provide a kind of introduction to understanding Master Dogen. And the first chapter is about Genjo. I think maybe the first one's Fukan Zazengi, I forget. And then the second one is Genjo Koan. Now, I borrowed a little from my brother, Brad Warner here, because Brad did a great thing in some of his books. And he kind of tried to modernize and, and simplify and update some of Dogen's writings. And I really like what Brad does sometimes. He, he, there was a section of uh, Genjo Koan where uh, Dogen talks about uh, the Buddhist teachings are your everyday tea and rice, you know, your everyday meal. You know, it's uh, what we take to sustain us every day, right? And, and Brad updated it to uh, the Buddhist teachings are your everyday Pepsi and, and Tostitos, I think, <laughs> Fritos, <laughs> which is Brad's way. Beautiful. I tried to take the middle way on this. What I did is, this is a translation of Genzo Koan, but I, I say in the book, I've updated the language a little, I've added to it a little to try to fill in, I, I think, some of the what Dogen was saying. So it's a modernized, uh, supplemented translation. If you want to see the other fine translations, including by my teacher Nishijima, I've put a link and you can compare what I've done. But uh, unlike Brad, I tried to stay really close as I could to the standard translations, but I tried to make some fuzzy parts a little clearer. Okay, so this is not uh, buyer beware today when we're reading this. Okay, now what's the first part of Dogen's secret to solving all the problems of the world? When things are seen as separate in the Buddha's teachings, there is human delusion, there is distant enlightenment, and there is Buddhist practice to move us from the former to the latter. There is birth and there is death, and there are Buddhas and sentient beings that stand apart. And this is how I think we usually come into Buddhism. Last week I spoke about my bus. I'm sorry, we got to get back on the bus a little bit. Uh, we think that uh, we're going to get on the Buddha bus. Wait, we're waiting for, for it to come, then we get on, then uh, we're going to practice on this bus. And if we drive it correctly, we will eventually get to all the answers down the road. I think that's fair. When things are seen as separate in the Buddha's teachings, that there's a Buddha over there and that we're the deluded beings and we want to move from being us to being a Buddha or enlighten, an enlightened being or to getting all the answers, we want to move from here to there. We think we're deluded and we think that there's enlightenment somewhere distant. And we think our Buddhist practice is to move us from one to the other. 
We also think there's birth and death. And Master Dogen's answer to that is brilliant, and that's what we're going to come to in the next sections. And he says, yes, there is, but not at all. But yes, there is, but not at all. And before I sound like, uh, no, you guys are too young to remember what records are. What am I talking about? Records that are skipping. You know, but you know what I mean. I sound like a broken record, right? Repeating, repeating, repeating. When you understand how these two aspects of life and practice come together, you really get the answer that Master Dogen's giving here. And it's not just about Buddhist practice. We think about this in all life. What is it? I'm sick. When I get the medicine and the cure, I will be better. Then my life will be good. I'm unhappy now. When I get a little more cash, or I marry that person, or I finally get that job, or whatever happens, they publish my next book, uh, whatever I want, then my life will be good. When Jundo stops talking and I can get back to life and I don't have to listen to this guy anymore, then my life will be good. We got all these things that are going to happen later, right? And that's how we see things. I'm here. I want to get over there. I'm sick. I want to get healthy again. Okay. Master Dogen provides, shall we say, medicine number one right here in the next sentence. Now, however, when the myriad things are realized as each without an individual self, there is no delusion and there is no enlightenment to contrast with delusion. There are no Buddhas. Oh, a Buddhist teacher saying there are no Buddhas. This is how people misunderstand Zen and how sacrilegious we are. A Buddhist teacher saying there are no Buddhas. And also there are no sentient beings who are suffering. And there's no birth and death. Mr. Yo of Kyushu Island who just lost his son or wife. What does Dogen mean here? Well, if you've been talking and tuning into Jundo's talks for the last 16 years, or even just the last six months, you will have heard me say something like, when we drop all the separation in Zazen, and we realize the flowing wholeness of it all, all the separate parts, kind of. And when all the separate parts just become the flowing wholeness, you can have no division, nothing coming, nothing going. Yes, it's time for my sea analogy again. The waves on the sea rise, that's us and all things. The waves on the sea eventually crash on the shore, but the sea flows on and on. And to the extent we realize ourselves as the flowing seeness of it all, nothing came, nothing went, because the ocean is still oceaning like that, right? And in that flowing wholeness, Dogen is trying to tell Mr. Yo, his dear friend from Kyushu Island, to make his heart be unbroken. There is something that cannot break because there is no division. There is not even a bus or a bus trip. That's how wonderfully this journey is. There is no destination or here that's apart. There's me and you and the other people I'm seeing here. 
and Mr. Yo, who lived 800 years ago, and Dogen, his friend. And there's not a drop of separation there either. There are no birds to fly into my barn. There's no barn. That's separate. And all I can say is we live in a world in which our brain has made all the names and categories and divisions. And we, we live in this world and, and, and things are born and things die and birds fly in my barn, though I don't want them to. And as we'll see in a moment, flowers fall, though we love them and weeds spring up in though, though we detest them and cats jump on your lap, Keith, and uh, all these things. And this is our life. Right? But what Master Dogen and all the other Zen masters and probably all the other Eastern, shall we say, I don't know, mystics or teachers want to get across in some way, and not just in the East, many, many folks who had a sense of this, is that there is some, something so whole and flowing that there is nothing to be lost. And I won't even say nothing to be gained because you already gained it. It's already here. You see, if I say nothing lost, nothing gained, it sounds like, you know, kind of zero. That's not it. It's already gained, cannot be lost. The ocean is already here. You see, um, there's something unbreakable. Okay. Now this is where it gets a little tricky. We got to come back to this world of division and figure out because we can't stay there. You're not going to stay in the ocean. Can't live there. Nice place to visit. Wouldn't want to stay there. But you get a sense of it in Zazen. You get a sense of it through our practice, this wholeness. But then you got to come back to this world of division and figure out how it all fits together. Why is my son or spouse still has dead? Why are the birds still trying to fly in my barn? Why do I still have that sickness that the doctor told me about? How does it all fit together? This is Master Dogen's genius. It fits. It fits. It's like saying, I like to say, two sides of a no-sided coin. How does it fit? Well, one way it fits is we see the world of division, but now we have a deep, profound, in-the-bone sense of this other wholeness. So we know it's not the whole story. The broken pieces here, the, the hard the loss is not the whole story. We now have a sense of that. And it's like knowing on a, I say today's a cloudy day here in Scuba. Uh, it's like knowing that the blue sky is still there though. You're pretty sure, John, the sky is still up there? I'm sure. You know, uh, we one of those people who think when we can't see the moon, the moon has just gone away. It's there, isn't it? Moon's still there probably. <laughs> pretty sure of it. You develop a trust. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to use the F word, faith that uh, even on the cloudy and rainy days, the clear sky, the moon is still there because you've gotten a sense of it. So I'm pretty sure even though it's a cloudy day here in Scuba, the sky is still there and probably I will see it again before the next cloudy day. Because like I said, it comes, it goes. Cloudy, sunny, cloudy, clear, sunny, cloudy, clear, sunny, rainy, there's a bee on my head. That's a that's part of the divided world. I'll tell you. Did it fly away? I think it did. And uh, one of the brilliant things is you can come to see the clouds and the clear sky at once. It's like one of those pictures. You know, you look at the picture. There's optical illusion. The old lady, or is it a young woman? The old lady, the young woman. 
Well, with this practice, you can see them both at once. The blue sky is here even on the rainiest days, and we get a sense of that. So that's part of Dogen's answer. And his other answer is, and by the way, how you practice, how you live makes a difference. Even though the bus is the arrival, the journey is the, the arrival, the Buddha is the bus, there is no distant place to go because it's been all here all along. Genjo Koan, all here. The truth is right here all along, even though you got to be a skillful bus driver or a passenger. Okay? Now that's all summed up in the following line. In the Buddha's way, we must leap clear of and right through both the view of fullness and the view of lack. I take that sentence to mean we must leap past the view of fullness. The view of fullness, I believe, is the view of wholeness I'm talking about. The flowing wholeness is the view of fullness. And the view of lack is that we live in a world where things are lack and disappointing and broken. We must leap through both of them to find the fullness that is the lack and the lack that is the fullness, I guess. Thus, there are again birth and death, delusion and enlightenment. There are again sentient beings and Buddhas. And yet they're not. And yet there is. And yet there's not. And yet there is. Oh, okay, I'm better now. There, I got stuck there for a second. Of course, there's still death and birth, and we miss our family member who's no longer with us. The doctor told us we're sick, and we still are, and that's scary. And yet we also have this taste where there's nothing in need of healing, something so whole. There's no deluded beings and Buddhas, but if we act with anger and hate and ignorance and jealousy and division, we make delusion and deluded beings, us. I like to say we bring the devil alive, right? But if we act with wisdom and peace and compassion and generosity, we bring Buddha to life. This was Master Dogen's answer. Buddha is not someone 2,500 years ago. Buddha is right here with you when you act in a, is it a, a Buddha-ish? I, someone didn't like that when I said that once. A Buddha-ish way. That's not a good word. When you act as Buddha, you bring Buddha to life. When you act like the devil, you bring the devil to life like that. Okay? So we live, live in again in a world of good and bad, sentient beings and Buddhas, gain and lack, birth and death. It's like that old saying, mountains are mountains, mountains are not mountains, mountains are mountains again. You know that old saying? Who knows that saying? Raise your hand if you've heard that before. Yeah, I think that's basically what Master Dogen is talking about here. First, there's just, you know, ordinary mountains. They're over there. I'm over here. Then we have this vision of the, the wholeness. There's no mountains. There's no me over here. It's just this one great flowing thing. And then there are mountains again. And there they are. But they're different from before because of this other thing we've realized, you see. And that's true for also sickness growing old, death, all the big problems. 
even the little ones. But it's up to us not to say this was a big thing, not to say, oh, we're already Buddha and there is no sentient beings. And Master Doga is saying there's no ignorance. We can stop here. No, the trip keeps going. It's our job to keep driving the bus skillfully to make this real. Yes, there's no birth or death. Don't jump in front of buses. <laughs> yes, there's no sickness and health. Take your medicine anyway. Try to get better. Yes, there's no death and no birth. But rejoice both when babies are born and rejoice. This is my, my thing. Rejoice, too, when we leave this world. And cry, too. It's all true. And we get a sense of this wholeness that is this divided world through our Zazen. I like to say it's the peace, P-E-A-C-E, with a big P that holds all the little peace and war of this planet. It's the big peace with a big P that holds all the broken pieces of this life and world. And it's all true. So that was Master Dogen trying to help his friend there. And I wonder if the friend got it. The friend, you know, sometimes as a Zen teacher, you gotta, you, you know, you gotta be honest and say, the friend would have liked a note maybe that said, hey, yo, this is your buddy Dogen. Sorry about your son. It's okay, he went to heaven. Maybe that would have helped more. I don't know. Yo, it's okay, man. You'll get over it. Yo, I'm here for you. Come and have a beer. I don't know what Dogen could have wrote to his friend, yo to try to help him. But I know Master Dogen sincerely was trying to help his friend, his student here, and he wrote this. And I tell you something, it's the real medicine. The beer is not gonna do it. The shoulder is not gonna do it, it helps. Telling someone they're gonna go to heaven, great. Maybe if it eases their heart, even I say that to people sometimes. But I wanna tell you something, you want the real medicine, the real answer, the real cure for life and death? That's what Master Dogen was trying to deliver here. And that's why sometimes people come to my Zen Sangha and I have to plead the same thing. People say, oh, I came to Zen Sangha. I want a little relaxation, a little peace. Can you, can you be more about one of those lovey-dovey people? Tell me how to get close to my God. Or I say, that's great. And I'm happy to do that. We'll do a little Tonglen. We'll do a little Metta. I offer you Metta. Great. I hope you feel better. I, wanna, I want your heart to be at ease. But you want the real medicine? It's this. This is what resolves the issue of birth and death, sickness and health, old age. This is it. And that's why sometimes I preach stuff in our Sangha that's not the popular message, the feel-good message. I'm not a bumper sticker, okay? And that, I'm sure, chases people away out of our Sangha sometimes because I call it as I see it. Okay, wave at my fist. I'm on my soapbox. Let me get down. One second. Calm down, Jinda. All right. Anyway, let's get back to Dogen, not me. Oh, Barn Swallow circling outside, thinking about coming in. She sees me. She sees me circling, and she, no, oh. no, they're circling. You see them? See them, John? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're thinking. It I'm wishing you Don't, Barn Swallows. You don't need this one. You don't need this, but no, they see me. I'm, I'm scared. I'm scaring them too. Okay. Anyway. So that was Master Dogen's answer there. But then he says, by the way, uh, yo, 
I do feel for your broken heart. So you know what? I gave you the answer to make death go away. I'm sorry, my friend, it doesn't go away. And I know your heart is broken. And thus the final words of this section. Yet even so, even if I told you what's what, even as you now understand the blue sky, yet even so, the beloved flowers still fall to our regret and sorrow. The weeds still grow, though we wish it were not so. And we still shed a tear when we lose the one we love, like that. That was Master Dogen's answer. Master Dogen, I think, was a crier. There were times he talks about his sleeves being soaked with tears, his, some of his poems. He wasn't afraid to cry, even though he had all the answers. He knew that death was a dream when his friend died, and Dogen lost many people, we can tell from his writings. He cried too. So that's basically it. It's the same that Dongshan uh, presented with his uh, five ranks about the identity of the relative and absolute, as we chanted here, the identity of relative and absolute. Uh, Dongshan talk about, talked about the five ranks, about how the relative, the fullness, and the broken pieces, uh, the absolute is the fullness, and the relative is all the broken pieces, how they come together. We chanted at the beginning the identity of relative and absolute. It's about the same thing. The Heart Sutra is about this too. That's what is the key to Zen. All the koans, almost all of I can think of them, are about this in some way, how the absolute and the relative world come together. And yet, and yet, even if you've been practicing Zen for ages and uh, you, you have a deep sense of this in your heart, the beloved flowers still fall to our regret and sorrow. The weeds still grow, though we wish it were not so. Okay, now we go to the next section real quick. Dogen's next medicine for how to get along in this life and resolve all the problems. I'll cut to the chase. If you try to make life the way it is that you want, you'll succeed sometimes and be temporarily satisfied. And a lot of times you're going to be disappointed and if not uh, really scared and sad because life is not always going to go your way. On the other hand, if you go life's way, you're always going to be content because you're going the way life, if life turns left, you go left, go left. And if your heart can find ease in going left, then you're at peace. If it goes right and your heart can be going right, you're at peace. But if you want to go right and life turns left, oh, right? Still going to be disappointing. I, I know life is hard, but to the, the extent that you can flow as life flows, all right, that's what this next section is about. Let me, okay, very clear here. It is delusion to impose yourself and your desires upon life. I've added to that sentence a little. You can look at some of the originals, but I, I guarantee you that's what it's saying. It is delusion to impose yourself and your desires upon life, demanding that the myriad things of the world be as you wish. Mr. Yo, who just lost his son. However, to let the myriad things be as they are, illuminating yourself with acceptance and tolerance and peace is enlightenment. And with these words, 
Master Jogan urged us, of course, we, we can't flow along completely with life. You know, I still have to make things happen the way I wish, make choices. Uh, I do get disappointed sometimes. Don't get me wrong, but to the extent, and if I did flow along with life completely, you know, we wouldn't survive. We have to, you know, we have to try to make this world better. Oh, yes, the the world is, uh, yes, that, uh, that uh, fire is burning, but I accept it. I'm not going to toss water on it. We can't live like that. We have to try to make things better in this world. There's a war. I'm going to just accept it. And, close my doors. No, we have to try to end the war. There's a sickness. I'm not going to bother with my medicine. That's just my karma, my fate. If I get, I'm not, doctor says to take my medicine. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to accept. No, no, no. We have to resist and make change. This was Dogen's other point. It's continuous. Resist and make change and try to make things better, even as you're also knowing this world beyond any resistance at all. Accept and do not accept at the same moment. You can do both. People think I either have to resist or I need to accept. Master Doga's message right here is accept fully, completely, flow along with fate. Go where life takes you. Out of one eye, out of your other eye. Try to make things better, fix problems, have plans, dreams. Master Dogen had plans and dreams. He built a monastery. He kept the community together. He wrote this wonderful teaching. Try to do work your plan. Try to make this world nicer. Try to cure your illness out of the other eye. Both eyes open together. Wisdom, enlightenment. I call it acceptance without acceptance. Accepting completely and not at the same time. Let me read it again. It is delusion to impose yourself and your desires upon life, demanding that the myriad things of the world be as you wish. To let the myriad things be as they are, illuminating yourself is enlightenment, asterisk, do both at once. And that's how we live. Okay, that's enough for uh, this time. I've solved all your problems, except I haven't, except I have, except I haven't, except I have. Any uh, questions? Thank you for joining us for the Treeleaf Zendo podcast. Treeleaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast zazen, retreats, discussion, jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.